hello once again, everyone, and welcome to In Process, a podcast of Redmond Presbyterian Church. My name is Austin Ashenbrenner, and I am uh, thrilled to get to be with you all together uh, today as we continue this ongoing conversation of uh, where we are witnessing God at, at work in our midst here in our church, but also in our community and, and throughout the larger church. It's a good day to be together. Uh, this is our second podcast of 2023. And uh, I am, as we alluded to in our previous podcast, both Austin Rabine and I, uh, it's taken a little while to shake off the dust as we begin uh, this new year, but I feel like we're just starting to do that. I'm just starting to do that. And, uh, and so here we are. Um, I hope you're doing well. I hope your weekend is shaping up uh, to be a good one. I'm, I'm recording this episode in my office on a Thursday morning, uh, so my weekend is is near. And I'm, uh, if you know me, you know I like to bake bread. And this weekend, I've got a big plan of uh, making a bunch of bagels. And and so naturally, if you hear a little uh, smile on my face or, or extra energy in my voice, that would be why, cause I'm uh, excited to get to make some bagels. Uh, they're, they're quite possibly the world's most perfect food. Uh, let me know if you <laughs> agree or disagree. Uh, but that's where I'm at today. And, uh, yeah. So this, this particular episode, uh, if you saw the, the episode title, you noticed it's called uh, Dying and Rising, which is a, a bit of a, an ominous title, if, if I do say so myself. Um, and I want to start off by telling you a, a handful of kind of anecdotal stories that, that I've experienced in the last couple of days or that are on my mind um, uh, along this topic. <clears throat> so over... I don't know, the last two or three weeks, I've had a, a number of conversations that have all kind of brought me uh, back to a similar question. Uh, just yesterday, uh, I met a colleague and a friend, another pastor in, in the, the area uh, for a beer after work, and he and I were talking, and um, you know, we were talking about church, and he and I are, are planning a few things together and thinking about some ideas. Um, and in the course of the conversation, he was recounting uh, another conversation that he had had with some colleagues about, uh, and the conversation turned to um, an honest question of, are, are we still interested in doing this? And by this, of course, they were talking about being pastors, being in the church, which is a, a gigantic question, right, for pastors to be asking, like, are we still committed to this? And, and as he and I recounted that, we both kind of admitted, yeah, we've we've asked those questions too. And, and, and there's a reason why uh, those questions are being asked. And, and I'll get to that because of where we are uh, in, our, in our world, in our society, and, and in the church these days. So that's quite, that's story one. Story two, I was sitting with uh, a group of folks from Emerald Heights, which is a retirement community here in Redmond. Many of them are members of our church here in Redmond just a, a few weeks ago. And we were talking about kind of the large, larger church, capital C church, and, and what changes and trends and, and things we're witnessing. And some of the questions, there, there wasn't one particular question, but the, the general mood of the conversation essentially was, was asking, where is everyone? You know, after the pandemic, we're, we're starting to kind of reset uh, to some level of, of being able to meet health in a way that's healthy. Um, and so here we are, and, and not everyone has returned to our, our, our rhythms of, of coming to church uh, on a regular basis or, or gathering together for worship. So, so where is everyone? What does it mean? What's, what's happening around us? 
things seem to be smaller or, or there seems to be less energy. What does that mean for us? Next story, um, a couple nights ago, I was a part of a, a Presbytery meeting and, um, you know, we're starting a new year and, and that means that churches are coming through budget seasons and, and uh, we heard the story of, of two different churches around the Seattle Presbytery area uh, that are closing their doors or are very near doing that. <clears throat> And, and talked about the, the struggles they're facing. Some of these are, are expected, long, slow uh, trajectories, others kind of sudden. Um, and then couple that with my, my very last story is, you know, here at Redmond Presbyterian Church, we've just come through uh, kind of a, a, a bumpy budget cycle ourselves. And, and, and we've done some good work and, and we've plotted a course forward. But, but even that brought up some questions about uh, what's going on in our midst? What are we living through right now? Uh, one author that I read a, a great book of a couple of years ago referred to this time in our collective story as, as the great unwinding or the great unraveling, uh, how a lot of things that we have, have grown to take for granted, you know, this is how society works or this is how life goes, are starting to kind of, uh, you know, come unraveled or, or, or start to unwind a little bit like a picture, a sweater, if you pull it, a, a loose thread starting to slowly unravel. And that's what helps us understand, I think, a lot of the discomfort that we're experiencing as, as things around us begin to shift and change. So into that context, uh, the other day I was reading this article back in November from uh, Richard Rohr, his daily uh, meditations, and uh, the, uh, this particular one was titled, In the End, A New Beginning. And I just want to read a few excerpts and, and think about this together. Roar's talking about um, the where I gather the, the, the title of this episode from Dying and Rising. He says this, Our faith, the Christian faith, also offers us a foundational belief that life is a succession of dyings and risings. At the center of the Eucharist or communion or the Lord's Supper, at the center of the Eucharist, we proclaim Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. That is, he says, the saving pattern. It's not a mystery of faith. It is the mystery of faith. It will never change. But Western people, that would be you and I, trained in the philosophy of progress and problem solving, don't really believe that anymore. He says, we much more believe that we can overcome the Paschal mystery or Paschal referring to, again, communion or, or the Passover. We believe we can overcome the Paschal mystery, that we can create a family, a parish, a church, an institution, a country that will not have to go through the dying of things. And then he goes on to say, but it's not true. It's not true that everything always gets better and better. He says that fallacy, that lie is being taken away from us, but we can return to the pattern of our faith and the pattern of reality that things die and things resurrect and both are good teachers. Christ must be recognized and welcomed in both places. I've been chewing on these words now for a couple months because I'm struck by that, that last part that that this is the reality that we live in, that things die and rise. 
It's not just that, uh, as the old saying goes, that the two things in life that are certain are, are death and taxes. That's that that might sound quaint, but the real, the bigger truth, the the gospel truth, is that dying and rising are are, are the pattern of life. And I think we're comfortable with resurrection. We love that idea, right? I can tell you all day long stories about how how we love the idea of 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 spring and and the leaves returning and the weather warming. We love the idea of uh, seeing new visitors in church and seeing kind of renewed energy in the midst of of things we're excited about. We love seeing uh, new relationships forming and 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 babies being born as this you know a very literal sense of of new life. Uh, we love all of these things. We can get behind these things. We can stake our claim on on hoping that 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 life will just be uh, an unending uh, cycle of 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 new life and new birth and resurrection and 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 goodness uh, each and every day. Dying, on the other hand, uh, that that obviously we're not comfortable with, and and there's no mystery why because it's it's hard. It's gut wrenching. It's sad. It, it, it brings us to places of deep grief and sorrow, not just the literal sense of dying when, when loved ones that, that we walk with uh, succumb to an illness or, or, or death comes tragically and suddenly. Of course, we're referring to that. But we're also talking about dying of patterns and institutions and traditions and ways of life that we are familiar with and comfortable with right? Ways that life has changed over the, just the past few years, uh, ways that, you know, we have seen the dying of, of, of our sense of kind of safety. Uh, you know, when we leave the house that, that we're not going to get sick. Uh, we've seen the, the changing in, in patterns from, uh, gosh, the way schools are run to the ways hospitals are run to the way, uh, obviously as, as, as somebody sitting here in my church office to certainly the ways churches are, are run and, 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 and go about their work each and every week to see those things die, um, especially when we feel like we have some control over it, that's much harder. Somebody once told me that, that one of the reasons why church is so um, rigid or, or a place where change comes so difficult uh, is because this is one of the few places where we as people feel like we have some control, right? We don't have control at work unless, of course, we're the, the CEO. Uh, we don't have control at home. You know, our kids will, will do things that, that surprise us and frustrate us. We don't even necessarily have control uh, of our, our, our own health sometimes when things kind of surprise us or sneak up. But we feel like at church, you know, we, with our attendance patterns or with our giving or with whatever, we feel like, you know, this, I can choose this. And if I don't like it, I can, I can change it. I can move on. I can volunteer. I can, uh, you know, make things different. And yet here we are in the midst of things uh, that seem to be dying, you know, that perhaps, uh, the, the, the thing that we liked at church, this, this particular aspect of the worship service, or this particular aspect of, uh, the youth group or the children's ministry or the, the missions ministry, whatever, you know, fold or, or, or arm of the church that, that we held dear, uh, to see it start to, um, 
move backwards or, or lose energy or, or, or excitement. Um, that's very much like watching someone we love die. It's, it's, it's a loss. It's an experience of grief. And so the question I, I, I wonder for you all as you listen, the question I'm chewing on myself is how does that make us feel? What, what, what comes up for us in that moment? What, what does our body do and what is our body telling us? Um, is that scary? You know, is it, do we feel like, gosh, we have to avoid this at all costs? Is it, um, is it, is it something that, that you feel like we have to grab the reins and, and get busy fixing it? You know, we got to jump in there and, and immediately does it make you uh, anxious and, and feel kind of frenzied where we have to, 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 get, to get busy? Does it somehow maybe feel hopeful or exhilarating? Okay, things are, are dying. Uh, what, is, what does rising mean in this situation? What does it mean for something new to come about? Wherever you are in that, it's it's important to pay attention to what Rohr refers to as the reality of all things, right? That things die and things resurrect. And that doesn't mean that things show up exactly the way they once were, right? That doesn't mean that the thing that is falling away, if we just uh, tinker with, you know, the the ingredients that, that we can recapture what was lost, the, the new thing arrives uh, in a different shape, in a different form. Um, are we ready for that? So again, another question for us to consider. Roar continues on, and this is his last paragraph, and I want to read this and then just uh, let this kind of be our, our last thought as we think about this together. He says, Jesus never told us to put our trust in the larger institutions of culture or even the church. And that doesn't mean that they are bad or that they should or that we should abandon them, but we must recognize that they are also subject to this great mystery, the dying and rising of all things. And I think we must be honest that we are at the downside of the curve, he writes. All the indices suggest that we are at the end of the dominance of the United States, Western civilization, and even Christianity. The question for us then becomes. What will we do about it? Now that's a lot, some big heavy thoughts there. And, and I don't know all of the details of, of are we at the end of Western civilization or, or, or those things, but I do know from, uh, eating and breathing and sleeping uh, around topics of, of church in North America and, and in 2023 and what that looks like is that it does appear that we are on uh, that downside of the curve of this institution. Uh, and to be clear, that that doesn't mean that, that it's all over and we should pack up and go home. It means that we are, if we're talking about this cycle of dying and rising, uh, perhaps we are in the process of dying. And, and so then the question is, what will we do about it? What does that look like for us? One theologian that, uh, that I respect a great deal, uh, Andrew Root, talks about, and I, I, I'm sure I've mentioned this in the past, talks about one of the things we can do right now as a church, because, uh, well, let me start by saying, one of the things that we can't continue to do 
is to use the exact same tools and methods that got us here, right? So if we think to ourselves, the answer lies uh, in, in, in our past in terms of, well, if we just did what we did back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, you pick your favorite decade, uh, the tools he says that got us here won't be the tools that, that move us forward. We can't just uh, reverse engineer uh, success or, or, or God's work in the world. He says, moving forward, um, and there's a lot more that we can talk about here, perhaps this is a whole nother episode, is the church needs to become a church that, that is in the place of, of listening, listening for God to lead, for God to be at work. And, and what strikes me about, if I can bring Andrew Root's idea of listening in conversation with Richard Rohr's idea here, is that frankly, listening is, is the most helpful and, and meaningful thing we can do uh, at the bedside of someone who is is dying or someone who is ailing, right? Is not to come to their bedside and say, you know, have you gone for a run today? Have you taken your meds? Have you, you know, eaten a healthy meal? It's it's to come and and to sit and to listen, right? That's that's what everyone needs uh, most, especially in that moment. But as a church, listening means being watchful, being uh, still, but also actively still listening to God uh, and God's leading in our lives and, and in our in our community. For many, that seems overly passive. You know, we, what is that? If we just sit around and, and listen, if we just uh, kind of take that posture, um, you know, will we be able to maintain our, our, our buildings and our budgets? Maybe not. Maybe not. If we just sit around and, and and listen, if we just kind of take that that step back and, and we wait for God to work, what if God doesn't move quickly enough? Will we be able to, you know, maintain our our way of doing church with with a full time uh, staff and and all of these things on on a Sunday morning? Maybe not. I don't know. And 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 what I want us to hear today is that's okay, right? Because ultimately our our calling as the people of, of God, as the people of who follow Jesus, is not uh, to maintain an institution. Again, agreeing with Roar, that doesn't mean that our church, the institution of our church, is bad or should be abandoned. I, I'm not arguing that we should uh, close up shop and go home, but rather to hold it open-handedly and say, God, our, our, our calling first and foremost, is to love you and to love others, is to uh, be people in the world that that reflect your love and your grace and your justice uh, wherever we go. And so if that means that certain things around us have to die and rise into new life, if that means that the institution that we love and have worked hard uh, to to maintain needs to, to go through this process of dying and rising, um, can can we say yes to that? Can we embrace that and and watch and wait and join in that work? Sometimes uh, when I'm having those kinds of conversations with a colleague about, you know, what does the future look like? Are we still involved? Are we still invested? Are we still on board? Um, I'll be honest and say it's easy to kind of get discouraged when, you know, it's a, a rough um a rough month or you look at the trend lines and, and they're going in the wrong direction. But I will tell you this, what brings me hope, what what gets me excited, uh, what what gives me a shot of energy, what what really inspires me 
and I, I use that word in, in its full theological meaning, is the idea that uh, we, as, as people living in, in 2023, perhaps, are on the, the very front edge of, of what the church will look like next, what God is doing next. Because, um, and I hope this doesn't even need to be said, but I, I am convinced that, that God is faithful and will continue doing good work uh, in and amongst all of us as, as, as the church. But I'm also convinced that that will look different uh, as my kids grow up and as you know, as as we continue on. And while I will share with you that that there are parts of that 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 cause me anxiety, that cause me to worry, that that make me feel like I want to grab things and hold on to them tightly, uh, it also gives me a lot of excitement to think, uh, God, what what might you do next? And so, in that sense, this this act. This practice of of waiting and watching and listening is is less about being passive and more about uh, engaging deeply in this cycle, uh, this mis- this holy mystery of God's uh, dying and rising, so that we might participate in that as well. Maybe that sounds lofty and uh, and hard to to wrap our heads around, but I hope this podcast and and the conversations that that come from it are part of us working out that that question of what does that look like? Where are we seeing signs of of new life and new energy and new growth? Uh, you know, we've we've had conversations here uh, with uh, a member of our church, Paula, who started a walking group in her neighborhood. Uh, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to have you hear a story from another member of our church, Katie, who uh, had an amazing conversation with somebody who who visited our church and and how that connected with. Uh, a, a years-long conversation that she'd been having in her own neighborhood. And, and in those moments, all we can do is stop and go, wow, look at what God is up to. Uh, isn't that amazing, right? That's that's a moment of, of celebration and worship and and an opportunity uh, to, to see this, this new thing uh, rising to new life. So that's my hope friends, uh, in this uh, heavy conversation of dying and rising, uh, that we might land in that place of hope. I don't want to short circuit the fact that, that yeah, there are, are, are moments of hardship and, and grief in the dying, uh, but we know that God is with us in all of it. So I'll stop there and say, what about you? Where are you seeing that? Where are you experiencing that, uh, those feelings of, of anxiety or fear in, in the midst of the dying and rising? Uh, how have you witnessed that? What are you struggling with? What are you hopeful for? Uh, I'm, I'm curious about all of it, and I hope that you'll join me in that conversation. Uh, give me, those of you at Redmond Presbyterian, give me a call and let's go grab coffee. Those of you listening uh, from farther and wider, uh, feel free to, to shoot me an email. You can find that on our, our church website. All right, everyone. I wish you all the best this week, this middle of January, as we continue on uh, in the in the the tide of, of Christmas, as we turn our attention now towards Lent at the end of February. Uh, I look forward to continuing this journey with you. So, blessings to you all this week, and we'll talk to you soon. Have a good one.